All right. Man, so good to see you all tonight. I'm so pumped that you are here. Help me welcome everyone here for the first time. Joining us for the first time, we're so pumped that you're here. My name is Pastor Mark. I get the privilege of serving as the college and young adult pastor, as well as one of the ministry pastors here at Grace Family Church. And man, you couldn't have come at a better night because like Lindsay said, we've been in a series, a collection of talks called Purpose. And I kind of want to continue that talk tonight. I I think that uh, if you kind of lean in, not just kind of, but if you really lean in tonight, I believe this could be a message that will change your life for good. I believe in this message wholeheartedly, and I've been praying over this message that those of you who are joining us tonight, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, that you would realize this message is intended for you. This message is intended for you. And as we've been talking about this idea of purpose, I've been kind of like wrestling with it still, because I'm like, okay, like I've heard some of this, I know some of this, but why don't I ever feel like I'm really walking in purpose? But the truth is, oftentimes, we make our purpose something it wasn't intended to be. And I want to help us find some clarity and bring some clarity to that. Because over the past few weeks, we've been trying to uh, kind of expand and expound upon this topic of purpose. But I want to start here. I want to start with a question. How many of you have a dog? Show of hands. Dog lovers? Cat lovers? Yeah, I wouldn't raise my hand either. So, personally, me, um, I've never really been much of a dog lover. I've never really been a guy that loves pets. In fact, when I was a kid, I never really had a pet. In fact, my parents bought me a a frog. I guess you can consider that a a pet. It's kind of weird. And I remember that didn't last very long because here's what happened. I was just a young boy, and my parents bought me a frog, and we lived up north in New York. And uh, one winter, I was outside cleaning the, the, the frog's tank, and uh, I thought it would be cool to like kind of give him some water and also some sand. So I set him up and uh, cleaned out his tank and then I put the water and the sand on one side and I left him out there. And a couple hours later, I went to go revisit my frog only to find him frozen to the point of death. Um, so yeah, to say the least, pets really weren't a good thing for me. It wasn't really a good deal. And I remember when I met Michelle, uh, Michelle, she's a dog lover. Uh, she grew up with dogs. In fact, not dogs, but wolves. She had Siberian Huskies, which aren't just ordinary dogs, if you know, you know. Uh, Michelle, when we met and we got married, she was adamant and insisted that we purchase a dog. And I was like, no, straight up. No, we ain't doing it, Michelle. <laughs> we ain't doing it. I remember when we, when we moved to Tampa last year, a uh, few years into our marriage, Michelle actually works from home. So I was like, oh, should I do it? And then just this demonic spirit overcame me and said, yes. So I go, I start looking up different dogs in the area. I, I find this uh, golden doodle breeder over in Spring Hill. So I get in the car, I drive over there. Yeah, Spring Hill, cool. <laughs> I, I go over there and... Uh, see this little Aussie doodle. He's so adorable. And this is a picture of our puppy when I had first bought him. This is Maverick. Yeah. See, so cute. That was Maverick when he was a few months old. And in that moment, he was nothing but a few pounds. But can I tell you, here we are a year later, I feel like I have a horse running around my house. (laughs) I mean, this is a picture of Maverick now. Maverick is now about 60 pounds. Oh, so cute. (laughs) Maverick's about 60 pounds, and how many of you know, whenever you have a big dog, it comes with big... Responsibility. There we go. You have a big dog, it comes with 
big responsibility. And one of those responsibilities happens to be picking up big poop. And to be honest with you, I hate picking up dog poop. Like, anyone have that neighbor that, like, never picks up after their dog? That, that would probably be me. Um, but I decided to be a good neighbor and actually fence in my backyard. So Michelle and I were like, okay, we can let our dog just run around our backyard. So we built a fence in our backyard, and Maverick runs, he plays, he does his thing. But I still hate picking up dog poop. It, it's literally the worst. And I remember uh, a few months ago, I'm in the backyard trying to get Maverick to come in the house, which is just a mess in itself. And as I go to chase him down, this overwhelming odor just hit me, like in my mouth. And at the same moment, I feel this smushy sensation across my heel. Yeah, I I stepped not just in ordinary poop, this was like a log of poop. And I remember, I'm like, oh, 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 this happened. I'm like, I'm about to open this fence and let that dog explore the world. I'm like, I'm done with this dog in that moment. I, I was so fed up. And to, to be honest with you, well, Michelle, she, she loves her puppy and she takes care of him, but I've learned to like love this dog, but God's still working on me because I never wanted the additional responsibility. I, I never wanted the hassle or the task or the burden of being a pet owner. I know that's kind of a literally crappy way to start this sermon. But, but I share that story because more often than not, I believe we want the benefits, but we never want to put forward the responsibility or take ownership over certain things in our life. Yeah, we want the benefits, but not the responsibility or the burden. Some of you, you want a promotion at work, but you don't want the headache or the stress associated to it. Some of you, you want a nicer car, right? You want that BMW, but you don't want to deal with the costly maintenance associated to it. Some of you, you've been like, God, give me a boyfriend, give me a girlfriend. I want to be in a relationship. But the truth is, you don't really want to deal with the heartache that sometimes comes with it. And I say all this to say that, to say this. Too many of us, we want to commit to Jesus, but don't want to fulfill the responsibilities that come with following after Jesus. And you see, with following Jesus comes great responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities is this. It's living a life of service to God and in service to others. See, as a follower of Jesus, one of the responsibilities we all have is to serve God and serve others. And when we do that, we're able to reflect the love of God to others. And today, I want to preach from this idea. I kind of want to just expound on this. You and I, we were created to serve. Very simple message. I know some of you sit here saying, well, I already know that, or I've heard millions of serve messages in the past. But here's the thing. We could have heard these messages in the past, But I think the biggest issue that we see today, serving is one of the most neglected and disregarded disciplines in the Christian faith today. Serving's one of the most neglected and disregarded spiritual disciplines in the Christian faith today. And the truth of it is this, if you're not serving or making your life lived in service, you're missing out on a huge part of following God. You're missing out on a huge part of following Jesus, in fact, I would go as far as to say this, say this, if you're not serving, you've got a divided devotion to God. You can't be a fully devoted follower of Jesus and not serve. 
I would say you have a divided devotion to God. And because not only were we created to serve God, we have been commanded to serve God. Serving isn't optional for the believer. Serving isn't optional for the believer. And I believe with my whole heart, it should be in the heart of each and every Christian to serve. We should have a longing and a desire to live our lives in service to others. And I love this moment in the Bible because in the Bible you see all throughout the Gospels, there's a story that's told in all of the Gospel accounts where a group of people, they would go up to Jesus, a group of religious people, and they would ask Jesus, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in all of the law? What's the greatest and most important commandment? And I want to read this one from Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Jesus would respond to these people, and he says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. I know many of us have heard that verse and we think, okay, I gotta love God with all of my heart and all of my soul. I know that means that I need to worship God, I need to spend time praying with him, I need to spend time reading his word so I build my relationship with him. I understand that. I gotta love God with all of my heart and all of my soul, but I gotta love God with all of my mind. How do we love God with all of our mind? We, we focus on God's word and we allow his word to transform our thoughts. That's why we love God with all of our mind, but many of us just read this verse and we stop at that. We don't go forward and talk about strength. How do we love God with all of our strength? The way we love God with all of our strength is by serving him and serving others. It's by serving him and serving others, but not many of us choose the path to service in life. Not many of us choose the path to service. In fact, many of us, our deepest desire is to have people serve us rather than living a life in service. I, I know this isn't really like the ooh, the, the ooh message or anything, but I, I just gotta give you the truth tonight because if we're not doing this, our devotion is divided. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says this, it says, it is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ago, he planned that we should spend these lives helping others. Today, here's what I want to do. I I want you to know God has prepared you, God has called you, he's commissioned you, and he's commanded you to serve others. He's commissioned you, commanded you, he's prepared you, and planned a way for you to serve others. I love the way Rick Warren said it in this book that we've been studying, Purpose Driven Life. He says, God has a ministry for you in his church and a mission for you in the world. And tonight, I don't want you to just hear another serving message that motivates you to take this step into serving. That's not what this message is about tonight. I want to help you understand that serving is a lifestyle. Living a life of service is the anchor of our faith, and we ought to make serving a lifestyle. And here's what I know from personal experience. Especially in the young adult stage of life, there's a lot of stuff that we've got going on. There's a lot of stuff that we put on our plate And oftentimes serving isn't one of them. There's a lot of stuff that we pile onto our plate and put in our lives, but oftentimes we don't prioritize serving. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna do this. I wanna give you an understanding of three things that I believe stop us from serving. I I don't wanna just give you a message on, yeah, you should join a team at Grace Family or at The Exchange. I wanna help you understand what's stopping you and creating that hesitation in your life and causing you to not join that team or join that ministry or getting connected to Serve Saturday. And I believe the first one is this. 
The first thing that stops us, or one of the things that stop us from serving, is we're self-centered. And I know some of you sit here and say, wow, that's, that's a low blow. Like, we're doing that today. But I'm saying myself's included in this. I think when we look at the world today, I think when we, we look at social media, when we read the news, when we see the things going on in this world, we have to admit we are self-absorbed people. We're all about ourselves. We're selfish individuals. I read this article the other day from Common Day Health that said, this generation has become so self-focused and consumed by public image and materialism that we have forgotten about the issues that surround us in our communities and across the world. You see, too often we are so focused on ourselves that we forget there is a broken, hurting world around us that's in need of Jesus and that's in need of our service. So often we're just focused on ourselves, looking at ourselves, worried about ourselves, focused on our agenda, and we sideline what God has called us to do. And I kind of want to speak around that today because God is calling us to be in service to the broken. God is calling us to be in service to the hurt. God's calling us to live in service to those who are in need. Like, y'all, nobody else is coming. This is on us. Nobody else is coming to do this work. God's commissioned you and me for this work. And I want us to understand that tonight. It's those who need encouragement. It's those who are hurting. It's those who are broken. It's those who are wounded. God has called us. And I feel the greatest issue today, the greatest issue in the world today, isn't only the fact that people are dying not knowing Jesus and finding hope for their lives. I believe the greatest problem is the church isn't willing to be the church and serve those who have physical needs and most importantly are in need of Jesus. I think that's the greatest issue in the church today. We're not willing to be the church. We're not taking the responsibility. We're not stepping out and fulfilling the responsibility that God has called us to. And Rick Warren, he posed this question in his book. He said this, have you ever wondered why God doesn't just immediately take us to heaven the moment we accept him into our lives? Why does he leave us here in this broken world? And the truth is this, it's because he wants us to fulfill the call he placed in our lives to serve others, love others, and point people to Jesus. He wants us to fulfill the call that he put on our lives. But the challenge is so many of us are so self-focused, so selfish, so self-centered, that we forgot about the most important thing, meeting the needs of others. I love what Jesus uh, he says in Matthew chapter 25, I believe it is, Jesus, he would tell a, a story to an audience, a very large audience, and he would begin telling them and explaining to them that whenever they would visit prisoners in prison, he was doing it onto, they were doing it onto Jesus. Whenever these people would go and feed the needy or put clothes on their back, they were doing it onto Jesus. Whenever they would go and visit the sick and pray for the sick and help heal the sick, they were doing it on to God. And I want to encourage somebody today because whenever you show up to serve Saturday, you're not serving Habitat for Humanity. You're not serving an organization. You are serving a living God. Whenever you put on that red clubhouse shirt on the weekend, you aren't just serving babies. No, you are serving God. Whenever you put on your United shirt and come on a Wednesday night, you are serving God. And we got to understand, this isn't about us, y'all. This isn't about being self-centered and self-focused or reaping the reward. I love that many of us, even when we're serving, we still make it about ourselves. I, I just thought about this. Even when we're serving, we still find a way to make it about ourselves. You know, should I wear this? Should I dress like that? You know, 
Like we make it about ourselves. We show up. How do I look doing that? Oh, I don't look too good doing that. I'm not going to do that. We make it about ourselves. Y'all, serving isn't about you. It's about serving God. And the problem is, many of us, we don't see meeting the needs of others important because that means I got to get out of my comfort zone. I got to stop doing what I do best, which is focusing on me. Instead of putting my needs in front of myself, I need to put aside my needs and put the needs of others in front of me. And that makes us uncomfortable. That makes us start thinking, no, 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 this isn't for me because we're self-centered. I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 2, verse 8. He says this, he will pour out his anger, referring to God, and wrath on those who live for themselves. Hear me on this. This life, it wasn't intended for your enjoyment or just for your enjoyment. This life wasn't intended for you to just go through the ebbs and flows of life and just take it all in. No, this life was intended for you to have impact on others. This life isn't about you. This life is about being used by God to have impact on others. And I'm not really a social media guy, but whenever I get on social media, if you don't know this, um, maybe you follow me, maybe you don't, I don't even care. My wife, she posts on my, my Instagram for me. Like, I, I don't post, y'all. Somebody came up to me like, yo, why didn't you use a filter on this? I'm like, ask my wife. But whenever I go on social media, all I see is flex after flex. People that are just posting selfie after selfie. I, I even think about this, like, we have gotten to the point where we're buying followers. Y'all look down, because y'all know who I'm talking to. Are we buying followers now? It's like, you got 200 followers, like, how are you a public figure? <laughs> Help me understand. But we see it on social media how self-centered and self-absorbed we are. How many of you, like, when you were in high school or middle school, like, it was cool to, like, post photos of, like, a wad of cash? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all don't, they still do that? And they come to the exchange? We're going to have a prayer meeting in the front. But it, at one point, it was cool to do that. Apparently, it's still cool to do that. So, yeah, that worries me. But all we see on social media is flex after flex. People just trying to portray that this life is just amazing, and they're on vacation, and everything's going good. They've got the income. They've got the job. They've got the influence. They've got the image. They've got all of that. But I want to remind someone today, you, weren't, you won't be remembered in this life for your income, your image, or your influence, but the impact that you had on others. We, we won't think about that when you're long gone. I think about this woman in the Bible. Her name is Tabitha in Acts chapter 9. We see her name mentioned once, and it was only in Acts chapter 9. And the Bible says this woman became very ill to the point of death. But she was remembered as a woman who faithfully served God and others. I, I wonder, when your time is up, when you're long gone, how are you going to be remembered? What are you going to be remembered for? Will you be remembered for somebody that cared about themselves, looked inwardly, was self-absorbed, or someone that focused on impacting others? The second thing I believe that stops us from serving is we have misplaced priorities. We've got misplaced priorities. I remember when I was about, I think I was probably 10 or 11, I had a girlfriend, God knows why. Um, and I remember my girlfriend one day comes up to me and she's like, Mark, it's over. I'm like, girl, you know who you're talking to? 
She's like, Mark, it's over. And I'm like, what did I do? She's like, you have misplaced priorities. I'm 11, what priorities do I got? I'm like, my life literally consists of going to school, maybe doing my homework, watching Rugrats or something and eating Cheez-Its. Like, what priorities do I have? And I know some of us, we, we laugh at that when we hear that. But what I think is interesting is, some of us sit here, and I wonder if God is saying the same thing about your life. You've got misplaced priorities. Your priorities are all out of whack. Your priorities aren't in the right place. And I think it's so true that many of us need to understand one of our number one priorities in this season in 2022 should be to serve God faithfully, to join a team, to maybe attend Serve Saturday. Maybe that should be your priority in the new year. But I think some of us, we may tell ourselves, you know, I, I can't make it to Serve Saturday. That's kind of early, like 9 a.m., 8 a.m. I don't know if I could do that. But what's funny about that is some of us may have that resolve in our mind, but we still at McDenton's and Bar Howard the night prior. How'd that work? Some of us be like, yo, you know, I, I, I can't serve this semester, yo. I, you know, that's the time I spent with my lady before service. Or man, like, I, I can't be at, you know, the campus at this time to show up for a leaders rally. I gotta go hang out or take my girl to dinner. I gotta do all these different things. I think we all need to realize, I'm not just pointing fingers, we got some misplaced priorities in our lives. And I'm not trying to take shots or anything, but I believe this is a moment for us to understand we need to check our priorities. I know relationships are important, but it should never come at the expense of the most important relationship. It should never come at the expense of pulling you away from focusing on developing and building your relationship with God. I believe this is a moment for us to check our priorities. And ladies, I, I just want to talk to you. In a couple weeks, we're going to be starting our relationship series. Yeah, let's go. We're going to be starting our relationship series. And I want to encourage you, those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, just be there. We're kicking it off in a couple weeks. But ladies, I, I'm just going to give you a tip. If that guy that you're dating right now can't faithfully serve God, what makes you think he can faithfully serve you? And like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to take shots. I, I'm not trying to point the finger. <laughs> Don't beat me up, fellas, if y'all get dropped tonight. <laughs> but I think our number one priority should always be to run relentlessly and recklessly after God. And believe and trust God that all things will come after that. You see, creating spiritual disciplines and habits that are going to ultimately point us to our purpose and serve others. That's what we need in this season to build our faith and take hold of everything that God has for us. And I just kind of want to be honest for a moment. What if I told you when I woke up this morning, I was like, man, I got to go to the exchange. Dang. What if I told you when I woke up this morning, I was like, man, I got to write a sermon. Some of you are like, yo, that's your job, bro. Like, you good? <laughs> what if I told you I was like, man, I, I got to drive all the way to the Carrollwood campus and serve God and be present for this moment? You'd probably be like, yo, either you're not passionate about what you do, you don't care what you do, maybe you're lazy, maybe you're self-centered, maybe you don't have your priorities in check. I, I just shared that, and I, I want you to know 
that's the farthest from the truth. I consider it a privilege and a privilege to be able to serve God and do what I do here. But just all those thoughts that came to mind when I just gave you that simple statement, I wonder if God is looking at you saying the same thing when you don't show up to serve, when you're not committed to doing your spiritual job or your spiritual responsibility. I wonder what God is thinking when we're not committed to the cause to serve God and live out our spiritual responsibility. I say all that to say this, in the heart of every single believer, we should have a desire and a longing to serve. We should have a desire and a longing to serve. We should wanna do this because here's the truth at the end of the day, we serve because he served. We serve because he served. And I love serving because this is a way that we live out our purpose and reflect God. And we know that Jesus ultimately served us in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Even the son of man, even Jesus, he didn't come to this world to be served. He came to serve us. I think about a moment in the Bible in John chapter 13. It's probably a familiar moment for you. If you've ever read the gospel accounts, you see Jesus, he's having a meal the day before the Passover with his disciples, those who were closest to him. And as Jesus is eating and having a meal with his followers, he begins to do the unimaginable and the unthinkable. He gets up from the table and he bends down and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. And what's unique about this moment is that not only is Jesus serving the disciples, there's a deeper meaning in that text, and I'm gonna get to it in a little bit, but there's also another meaning I wanna focus on. When Jesus starts to serve his disciples by washing and rinsing their feet, he takes off his outer garments, the Bible says. And as Jesus is taking off his outer garments, don't miss this, he's left with nothing but a short garment. It was like almost an undershirt. And you see what Jesus is doing in this moment, this undershirt, this undergarment that he had, that short shirt, it was called a tunic. And the only people that would wear tunics were slaves. Jesus in this moment, not only is he rinsing and and cleaning and cleansing the feet of the disciples, he's presenting himself as a slave, a servant. You see, we serve because he served us. And I'm not saying, oh, you need to start like a a foot-rinsing ministry or anything. (laughs) But I want you to get it in your head and your heart that he's calling us to lay down our lives in service to others and lay down our lives in service to him. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, it says this, It is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work, not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world Began. You see, God redeemed you and chose you to do his work. He saved you to serve. And I think the third thing that stops us from serving is we don't really have a good idea of what this concept of serving is really all about. This book that we've been studying, The Purpose Driven Life, it talks about it brilliantly. Like we hear this word ministry and we sit there and say, no, I can't serve in ministry. That's only for the pastor. I can't serve in ministry. I can't have an an impact. That's only for the equipped. That's only for those who have been following God for an extended amount of time. I'm not ready to serve. I'm not called to serve. I'm not equipped or qualified. I want somebody to know today, the Bible says God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. 
And the truth of it is this, God has already equipped you to do good works. He's already equipped you to do good works, and he just wants you to make yourself available to fulfill them. He wants you to step out in faith and join that team. He wants you to step out in faith and, and be courageous at work, at school, and start sharing Jesus with others. That's another way we serve. He wants you to be courageous in your faith and get out of your comfort zone. And I want to be foundational here because I believe some of us, we sit here and think, you know, if I'm not serving, does that mean I'm, I'm not safe? Like, I want to be foundational here. You, you're not saved because you serve. We're not saved because of anything in our control or our doing. The only way we get saved is through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You're not saved because you serve. You could be on a team and not know Jesus. You could be on a team and not know Jesus. You're not saved because you serve. You see, God, he's given each and every one of us something that we call a spiritual gift. And I'm not gonna go too deep on it. We're gonna actually address that topic next week in our message there. But if you wanna go a little bit deeper in that, in, in the Bible, you can see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and also in Romans chapter 12, Paul begins to explain the spiritual gifts that God has given his children. And I love this, I wanna put it simply here. 1 Peter chapter four, verse 10 through 11, the Bible says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Skipping down to verse 11, do it and serve with all of your strength and energy that God supplies, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Christ Jesus. Each and every one of us, we've got a spiritual gift within us. Some of you, you got the gift of hospitality. Some of you got the gift of wisdom. Some of you got the gift to teach. Some of you have the gift of encouragement. Some of us, not only do we have gifts, we have passions that God gives us. Some of us have a passion to serve youth some of us have a passion to be in children's ministry. Some of us have a passion or a gifting in the area of creativity or even in tech. And I want you to know God wants you to use them to build his church. And can I just, can I be frank with you guys? When I look at this ministry, the exchange, it doesn't happen by my doing. It happens because God uses people each and every Tuesday in such an amazing way. Those people that you got in the lobby as you walk in, they're using their gift to create an environment for you to encounter God. I think about Giovanni, our worship leader. He's using his gift to lead us in worship. I think about the people that stand back there in the, in the booth and at times you don't realize all of these lights, all the things that you see on the screen, they're using their gift for the sake of God. Our incredible, incredible graphics and content that you see on social media. That's because we have phenomenal leaders like Myra who use their gift each and every week to serve God. I want you to know God is calling you out of your comfort zone this year. God is calling you, he's commissioned you, he's commanding you to take a step and use your gift for his kingdom. God wants to use your gift. Whether you've been here for two days or this is your first day or you've been coming for years, God wants to use you. And I don't want you to just get focused on being used here at the exchange because serving is not meant to just stay within the walls of the church. Serving is meant to be poured out to our communities, 
to our workplaces, to our workspaces, into our homes and into our families. And as I preach this message, I just think about this simple fact, serving changed my life. When I made a decision as a young man, as a high schooler to to start serving over at our Dream Center, I never knew, I never saw it that I would be a pastor or lead ministry. But serving, making that one decision pointed me in the direction of my purpose. And tonight, as I get ready to close, I just want us to take a moment to stop and think. Could you just imagine how different our church would be if we all took a step to serve? Could you imagine how different our our schools, our workplaces and workspaces, our homes, and our city would be if we took a step to serve? And today, for some of you, you just need to take that step. Like I said, maybe it's not here on a Tuesday night at the exchange. Maybe it starts by joining one of our campuses and being a part of our family ministries that take place on the weekends. Maybe it's by stepping out and saying, you know what, I'm going to serve on Wednesday night with our United Youth Ministry. Yeah, go United. Maybe for you, this is a moment for you to really understand, okay, I don't know where to start. Maybe the first step is to talk to one of our team members, and they would love to equip you with a resource to help you understand your gift and even help you identify your passion so you can serve and serve well. But as I close, I want you to think about this. As I mentioned this moment in John chapter 13, where I said there was a deeper meaning than Jesus just rinsing and cleansing the disciples' feet. In this moment, as Jesus is doing that, he's actually foreshadowing an event that would take place not long after that. You see, I love Jesus for one of many reasons is this, because Jesus, he never challenges us or calls us to do anything he wouldn't do. And as Jesus was washing and rinsing the disciples' feet, as he bent down and was performing that action, what he was doing was foreshadowing the event that would take place moments later where he would serve us in the ultimate way. You see, he was cleansing their feet physically, but what he was doing was cleansing us spiritually. Jesus, he was rinsing their feet, but he was releasing us of our sin and our debt and our trespasses. See, in this moment, I want you to understand this. Each and every one of us, we have this thing called sin in our lives. But we praise our God. We sang this song because we know he's our champion. Because he defeated the sin issue. He closed the divide. He made a way for us to have relationship with him. Jesus served us, therefore we are called to serve him. And he served us in the ultimate way. I want everybody to stand to your feet right now. You know, as we sang this song, Champion, I think some of us may think of it this way, that that we are the ones that defeat the giants in our life. Or some of us, when we hear this song, maybe we have a little bit more of a grasp of what this song really is about. And we can understand that God defeats the giants, the opposition, the difficulty that we face in our life. But I want you to be reminded, this song isn't just about God performing an act to defeat a physical giant. He defeated the spiritual giant for us. That's why he's our champion. Anybody believe that today? He defeated 
the giant for you and for me. And maybe you're here today and you, you walked into this space and you're feeling something different about this environment. I want you to know he is pursuing you. He served you. He loves you. He calls you his own. He didn't serve you just so you could be kept at a distance. He served you so you could be brought into relationship with him. He did the deed once and for all so we could walk in victory. That's why he's our champion. So come on, we're going to sing this song. We're going to believe it. We're going to proclaim it. He has defeated the giant. He is our champion. If you believe it today, let's stand and let's sing this song together.